Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, I'm on the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, which is Tad the Side. And Tad, we brought this up in our YouTube episode earlier this week that, you know, this is a pretty crucial week 15 because either the playoffs have started for your fantasy league or this is the week prior to the playoffs starting. So you're either, you know, like I said, in the first round of the playoffs and you need to win to obviously advance to possibly win your title or this is your final week to adjust your seating, or if you're the outside looking in, this is your chance to sort of get your last victory to possibly jump into the playoffs. And I know this happened to you in my personal league. Don't you bring this up. <laughs> How dare you, sir? But no, I don't want to talk about your personal league. I want to talk about a personal conundrum I'm having right now is I'm the commissioner of my league with my friends. I am guaranteed to make the playoffs. I determine who makes the fourth seed because I'm playing someone in the running for that. Do I tank? And their team is good, so I don't want them in there. Do I tank or do I, you know, play it fair? Yeah, I think it's uh, either way. Like, I mean, either just it's take all about, it easy or Basically, just... this is your opinion on sportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just... You could set your roster, but maybe you don't need to overthink it, and then just whatever happens, happens, and then just go with it that way. I don't know. All right. So put uh, Tad Desai versus Alex Shahina at Pick'em. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, clearly, you know, playoffs have started for Tad. Playoffs have started for my personal league, the LEFB Network uh uh, fantasy league has started their playoffs as well so i mean yeah we're in the middle of the playoffs here um one of the other leagues that i'm playing in it's the week before the playoffs but i already clinched a playoff spot so i'm good there um oh big man over here <laughs> so but yeah no like i said this is an important week and definitely we want to help you out so we got our you know standard podcast segment here in the first uh first half here we're going to give you some starts and sits for week 15 and then we'll close it out of course with our sports beds we're not going to get into it too heavy obviously we're going to get you with the graphic as well so you got our picks there but yeah we'll give you a little bit of information there and then we'll close out the episode that way so but before we get into all of that we definitely need to give a shout out to our sponsors because tad bowl season is kicking off tomorrow i think if i remember correctly i think it's the 16th is when all these bowl games are starting if not it's definitely the 17th so um yeah, with that, you definitely want to partner with our great friends at Bet Online because, I mean, bowl season's here. The football playoffs are starting up. Like I said, we already talked about the fantasy playoffs, but basketball's in mid swing, too. Uh, the MLB free agency has been crazy pretty recently now. So, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, esports. I mean, they got you covered on all fronts. You can bet on the horses, too. Like, there's a racing tab on BetOnline, too. So, I mean, they got you covered on all fronts. So, head to BetOnline today on your computer or mobile device, and you can join and receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE. That's capital B-L-E-A-V. And you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Once again, that promo code is BELIEVE, capital B-L-E-A-V. And you can receive your awards. BetOnline where the game starts so tad you gonna be making some butts on bet online during bowl season here 
Absolutely, because this is the perfect opening bowl here is is Cincinnati at Louisville with the Fenway Bowl, which, by the way, I think we have still yet to confirm. I assume that was played up. It is. Park. I saw pics on Twitter of okay. how they changed it up, and, like, you could sit up in the green monster, and you could watch the game. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Look it up on Twitter. So it's pretty it's pretty insane. But, yes, it is at is, Fenway Is Park. the green monster, like, does that count as, like, box seats? Or, I, like, I really have no work? idea. But, yeah, you got a pretty good view for the green monster. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really do not want to watch a – football game in boston in december that does not sound oh good. it gets very but cold anyway it gets very cold up oh there. <laughs> i'm sure i am sure i got a so, tour in um i think it was august and it was super windy up there we got to go check out the seats the view is pretty awesome but yeah it is windy as hell so yeah you do not want to sit sure. there especially no, december. that sounds miserable that sounds awful <laughs> But, yeah, so this is actually one of my favorite bowl games to bet on. Uh, and, by the way, if you would like to join us and say, hey, I know better than this high, guys. The LAFB Network has a bowl betting uh, pool going on right now that you can join. So, Amir retweeted it. I retweeted it. So, be sure to join that pool. If you think you know better than us, this is your chance to prove and it. And the biggest thing, so Tad, sure... that you're forgetting to mention is that you could win $1,000 if you get the highest point total in our pool here with all of our friends here at LAFB Network and some of their friends too. So, Well, I was going to share my favorite, but with that shout-out, I'm not going yeah, to, so you can it. pick against don't me. <laughs> but I will say this. Cincinnati Louisville is one of my favorite uh, betting bowls of the season. So, yes, I am absolutely 100% in on this, and you can bet. Eh, see what I did there? Bet. Bet, bet online. It's just, I'm clever. Stop shaking your head. <laughs> but I am placing all my bets on Bet Online because they are the best partner that we've had this entire time since we started this podcast. So please support them the same way you support us. 100% accurate statement there. Um, but Ted, let's move into. I think that's the first time you said that on the podcast. No, there's some other things that you said that I've agreed with you, but. Um... Yeah, I think that's probably the first time that I said 100% accurate statement. That's probably the first time I've used those specific words. Yeah, I think so. Jeff Wilson's good. That one did not age well for you. <laughs> so let's get into our week 15 starts and sits here, Ted. Let's start at the quarterback position. Do you got to start or sit for me? I have you a sit, my friend. This one might be a bit of a hot take. Jared Goff against the New York Jets. I think a lot of people are going to start him thinking that he – hey. He's on a hot streak. Let's keep starting him. Don't do it. I'm telling you, this is where his hot streak ends because the New York Jets have put up seven – the New York Jets defense has put up seven-plus points in three of their last four matchups. One of those games included the Buffalo Bills. Amir, do you know how many yards Josh Allen passed for last week against the New York Jets? It wasn't that great. I'm going to say it's like, you know, maybe 210. 210? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It was 147. <laughs> 147. Okay. Okay. The New York Jets defense has limited opposing quarterbacks to 14 points per game. Plus, this game is in New York, and Goff has put up less than 10 points a game on the road. Goff is amazing. If you have Jared Goff and he is at home, play that man. I'm a believer in Jared Goff now, unless he's on the road. In which case, you bench that motherfucker. Like, do not start him. So, I, I like Jared Goff. I think that the – I cannot believe I'm about to say this. I think the Lions are actually making the right call with moving forward with him as the quarterback of the future. But for this week, I don't like him as a start. I think this is a classic trap start 
for a lot of fantasy owners. And as you pointed out, this is a crucial week. If this was week two, week three, I would say, okay, fine, give it the risk. Let's see if he can keep it up. But with a crucial week, if you are on the borderline of making the playoffs or not, I do not recommend starting Jared Goff. So, Amir, do you have someone they can replace him with, or what, what, what you got? So, yeah, I actually do have a start this week, and I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins versus your Indianapolis Colts. So, what time does he play? <laughs> that is a morning game, if I remember correctly. Oh, see, that's tricky. Morning Kirk Cousins is a wild card. Because it's also a Saturday, too. That's the first game of the Saturday slate. They play on Saturday? Yeah. Colts and Vikings are playing on Saturday. That's the morning game. I think the afternoon is um, Browns and Ravens. And then in the evening, it's Buffalo and Miami, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, that's the triple header that we have on Saturday. All on NFL Network. But, yeah, I like Kirk Cousins against your Indianapolis Colts here. Kirk Cousins is coming off one of his best performances of the season. He threw for his seventh 400-yard passing game. Also threw for two touchdowns. Unfortunately, it was in a rough loss to the Detroit Lions, who we were just speaking about. So the Vikings still remain in a position where they can clinch the NFC North with the victory over the Colts. They could have done that against the Lions. Fortunately, fell a little bit short there. So hopefully, they're going to take it into the Colts and get that victory because they squandered it last hopefully. week. Hopefully. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hopefully, you walk that back, sir. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> So expect them to have everything clicking because I think they want to wrap this up so they can start focusing on seeding and just resting guys depending on how the rest of the season plays out. So while Indianapolis has one of the better top, uh, one of the better passing defenses in the league, I still think Cousins and the Vikings are going to air it out because I mean. Justin Jefferson is just too good a receiver where he's going to get blocked up the entire game. He's going to find some openings, and he's going to get gonna, hit. He's <laughs> going to demolish us. It's going to be so bad. Justin Jefferson against Stephon Gilmore. I mean, that's a matchup that I want to see. It's oh, going to no. be fun. No, but matter. I think there's going to be some instances where, you know, Justin Jefferson is going to break free. Kirk Cousins is going to find him, and they're going to be able to break off some long gains, get it all through the air. And also, you know, Indianapolis is not that great against the run, so I know they're going to build We're up. We're not great against anything. <laughs> So they're going to use a lot of Dalvin Cook, but obviously Kevin O'Connell is definitely going to use that, leverage the running game, and then build off the passing game off of that because that's very similar. Sean McVay, very similar to Kyle Shanahan, very similar to Mike Daniel. You'll use that play-action pass off of a strong running game. So I think we're going to see a lot of that too. So Kirk Cousins is going to air it out. We're not going to see the same type of performance that we saw last week where he threw for 400 yards plus, plus the two touchdowns, but I think it's going to be very good numbers where starting him this week when you need a win either in the playoffs or trying to get into the playoffs, Kirk Cousins will come through. I hate you. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> uh, let's get to the running backs, Tad. Who do you like as far as the start or a sit this week? Oh, I don't like anyone. Okay, so who do you not like? So who's your sit for this week? Okay, so I'm going to do the thing that I feel like most people hate, but I don't care because I've been holding this in all week. And this is just a personal vent session right here. So, uh, you know, the Desai guys is going to be my personal therapy here. Um I say sit Travis Etienne. I traded for this guy. He has one good week, and ever since then, this has been an absolutely terrible player. I don't understand. How is it possible? But here's the most frustrating thing of this entire situation. How is it possible that this entire offense is suddenly exploding, except for one of their best players in Etienne? It makes zero sense to me. He has not gone for over 10 points in his last four straight games and emerged the only explanation i can think of is that this injury that we covered a couple weeks ago that has to be playing a role 
It has to be. That is my only explanation. The Cowboys, who they are playing this weekend, have allowed the six fewest points to running backs this year. And let's be real. Despite their hot streak, the Jags are probably going to be behind a lot in this game, which means they are going to abandon the run. So I am not that confident that Travis Etienne is going to break his cold streak this game. Do you want to guess who I benched Travis Etienne this week for? Man, that's a good question. Um... Is a player we talked about on Monday in our previous episode. Oh, man. Um, Isaiah Pacheco? Close. So I was hoping it would, it would be him. Okay. That was the guy I was aiming for. But believe it or not, no one in my league picked up J.K. Dobbins. Wow. Okay. okay. So I got J.K. Dobbins uh, uh, yesterday morning. I, I looked at the way. I didn't even bother putting a waiver request for him because I didn't think I would land him. And he was right there. I was like, I'll take him. So originally, and here's, this is what shows how low my faith is in Etienne. I originally had Cam Akers in my flex spot. And then I was like, okay, great. I got Dobbins. And so then I, now it's Dobbins in my flex spot. I trust JK Dobbins more than I trust Etienne. I don't know what's going on. I would love to share with you guys like all these advanced stats. Of like, oh, this is why he's failing. I just don't get it, but I don't trust him anymore. So sit Travis Etienne. I'm telling you, do not do it. This is a, again, it's the same thing with Jared Goff, where you go in going like, okay, hey, this is the game where he finally like lights it back up. No, don't risk it, especially at such a crucial point in the season. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, just, yeah, he's been on a bit of a cold streak, and it seems like that's going to continue going on. So, honestly, J.K. Dobbins in a run-first offense in Baltimore, especially when they had Tyler Huntley under center because Lamar Jackson's still not healthy, and it's looking like Huntley is going to be fine to play. Playing playing a bottom five run defense. Exactly. It's a divisional matchup. You know, Baltimore's still trying to stay in it. Cleveland's obviously trying to still stay in it, too. But just, yeah, J.K. Dobbins, that's a better start this week over Etienne. So, yeah, if you have the option— Bench Etienne this week. Um, I'm going to go with the start this week, and it's Isaiah Pacheco, the guy they actually brought. Oh, there we go. Yeah, wow. Shocker there. Playing the Houston Texans. So, I mean, we talked about this last week. Jared McKinnon just absolutely went off in the passing game. He had a really good offensive day for the Chiefs backfield. Pacheco had a pretty good day, too, but obviously it was all through the ground. I think this is going to be a very situational, like, rotational hot hand sort of situation. I think just different guys are going to have a different uh, performance each and every week. And so I think this week is going to be the week for Pacheco because Houston is giving up the most rushing yards in the league right now. Like they are very, very bad. That's why it's so surprising that Dallas made it so close with Houston last week. That was just so surprising. Amari, can you name a single Houston Texans linebacker? Linebacker? Um... I think Christian Kirksey is still on that roster, if I remember correctly. Oh, my God. Is he? I right, think I'm so. on it. I think you so. You keep giving your analysis while I look it up. <laughs> but, yeah, so because Houston is so terrible against the rushing uh, rushing attack, Pacheco, I think, is going to have a really good day. He's the lead running back in this backfield because he runs the ball. That's why I'm saying he's the lead running back. Oh, McKinnon, shit, he is. Damn. Is he? Yeah, nice. yeah, he is. <laughs> Holy shit, he's from St. Louis. So Pacheco's going to be the lead rusher. McKinn is definitely going to take the forefront of passing downs. But yeah, I think in this game, Kansas City's going to be able to do whatever they want on offense. I bet you everybody's going to get involved. So yeah, Pacheco's going to have a good day. Jared McKinnon's going to have a good day. Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's probably going to score a touchdown too. Like, I mean, you name it, they're probably all going to score touchdowns because yeah, the Chiefs sort of need to keep clicking. They want to get that number one seed over Buffalo. They're tied all right now. So I mean, they want to keep that advantage. So yeah, and Houston, we've already said, they're 
awful. So, so I mean, bad. the Chiefs are going to so have bad. no trouble scoring on this offense. And I think Pacheco is going to be one of those guys who benefits from scoring so much on Houston through the ground here. So here's my one concern with Pacheco is that uh, I've been burned by him before in the season. So, yes, I am absolutely still bitter. Um, it's exactly what you said. It's the hot hand situation that has me worried. Derek McKinnon really dominated that game up until the later half, and that's when Pacheco came in. So that is my one concern is that was that just a, a you know a situational thing where the Chiefs were owning that game anyways, and they did not want McKinnon to get hurt, so they put in Pacheco, who's also good. I'm not taking anything away from him. But all I'm saying is it's just so inconsistent with the Chiefs running. They really just need to fight. If, if Miles Sanders does become an unrestricted free agent and I'm Kansas City, I'm working their weird voodoo magic they got to land Joe Tooney to land Miles Sanders because all they need is a consistent running back. And that is a problem. That word right there is consistency. So that's the one thing that worries me there. This is a risky play. So if I'm you – I would not start Pacheco as a running back one or running back two. He's a fine flex play, but do not put him in any of your running back spots because that could really screw you. It has the potential to screw you as well. It's a big-time risk-reward play. That's fair. That's fair. But just the last thing I want to add is actually something that you said where it's just like I think if Kansas City controls this game, they're just going to run out the clock, and that's exactly where Pacheco's going to benefit could, then. It could be the exact same game plan. Exactly. 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 So I could see but that I mean, happening they, for sure. They almost beat the Cowboys, man. I don't know about you, dude. <laughs> I've not heard the end of that game since all week. All week, all I've heard is like, can you believe we barely beat the the Texans? I'm like, God, I don't care. <laughs> Well, you living in Dallas, I think that's definitely going to be the God, top, right? So that's a w- easily top three worst things about living in the city. <laughs> I can understand that. I can understand that. Just the worst. So let's move to the receiver position here, Tad. You got to start or sit for me here in week fifteen. So this is an interesting uh, switch of things. I am telling you to start Michael Pittman against the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, His, very interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, Amir, I mean, I. God, we say it at least a dozen times a year. But what is the one thing I love most when it comes to receivers? Target share and volume. God, you just get me. <laughs> but Pittman's pure target share alone is at least enough to give him a flex spot. He is averaging 23% of the passes the Colts throw come his way. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but guys, trust me, that's a lot. See, Lamb averages around 15%. So they are throwing it to Michael Pittman a ton. This Colts offense, take it from a Colts fan, they suck. So they'll be passing it a lot against the Vikings, kind of like what you pointed out. It's like this is probably not going to be a close game. And Pittman is averaging, as of now, 14 points a game. The Vikings have given up the second most points to opposing wide receivers. So I think this is just something where you have a bad team that's going to be passing a lot. You have a good receiver with a – Cable feels too generous. Uh, Quarterback who can throw the ball. So you have a recipe for a receiver that, again, at least in a flex position, can provide you some good points. So I actually like Michael Pittman as a a little bit of an underrated start here, especially coming off the bye week when a lot of people will, will be sleeping on him. That's fair. That's fair reasoning. Um, I'm a little bit wary, That's though. That's what you want to hear. That's <laughs> I'm fair. just a little bit wary just with this Colts offense, especially how they're going to look. It's just like they're coming towards 
they're coming down the stretch here so it's just like you know what are they sort of looking for are they looking to get that higher draft pick are they looking to see what they have in some of their young players it's like are they looking to actually compete it's just like is jeff saturday trying to actually compete for a start a starting head coaching job starting next apparently season? he so is like, he's not doing a very good job of it but apparently he is. yeah so it's just like i really don't know what to expect from the colts and so that's what worries me so it's like i completely agree with everything that you said about michael pittman he's clearly their target leader when it comes to that passing offense but it's just like yeah i just i don't know what i can expect for the colts offense week in and week out so that's what worries me no no that's very fair it was funny you should say that like i don't know what to make of this colts offense because i spent a better part of about two nights ago trying to put together a trade for jonathan taylor mm-hmm. after about 10 minutes i was like what am i doing i don't trust him <laughs> and then i just stopped because i was like i don't yeah, want him yeah. like this could screw me that's unfortunate. We'll need to get into that once the season's over about oh, just like you know, we really don't. players we that really surprise, don't players that, that absolutely no, failed. No, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor is definitely really, one of really don't need to do that. Baker <laughs> Mayfield, Matt Ryan, oh, Jonathan Taylor. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, this is a rough season for me. I'm going to get it to my guy, and this is a sit. It's Mike Evans versus the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is a good sit. Clearly, the Buccaneers offense has just not oh, looked like God, the offense so that bad. we've seen in the past Holy two seasons. Holy crap. By the way, that might be my worst bet prediction of the season, by the way. What was that? Speaking of revisiting things. Well, so in our bet graphic, I actually had the Buccaneers pulling off the upset. Because I was like, Brock Purdy, oh, there's yeah, no way yeah. he does this. Your bet's picked for last week. Holy yes, you had that as shit. Your last I got pick. wrecked on that. Yeah, that was that was, that was was over from the get-go. Like, oh. I mean, that was pretty rough. Oh, yeah, no. By the end of the first quarter, I'm like, okay, 0 for 3 this week. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, Tampa Bay's offense has only scored 20 points once in their past five games, which includes, obviously, that seven-point effort that they had against San Francisco last week. Like, I mean, just... Clearly, it's just not clicking. Like, we've talked about this before. They're dealing with injuries. Um, I don't think Todd Bowles is a good head coach. I think that switch is making a lot bigger of a difference than people anticipated going from Bruce Arians to now Todd Bowles. I mean, I think it's just, it's so bad. So, in relation, Evans has not had 100 receiving yards since week eight. Like, it's been a long time. What? Yeah. Seriously? And then, you know what's even worse, Dad? I'm going to give you a chance to guess on this one. When's the last time he scored a touchdown? Week three. Close. Week four. He had a two ah. touchdown. He had a two touchdown performance in week four, but since then, no receiving touchdowns. And it's I like, believe no, because because I have Godwin on my roster, and like it's so frustrating too. Because here's the thing about the Buccaneers is they they're they're driving, they're driving, they're driving, and then opponent's territory they stall. It's true. It's true. And it's the most frustrating thing as a fantasy manager in the world. So I absolutely absolutely believe that very true stat that you shared and then it's crazy tad because tom brady is actually leading the league in passing attempts right now but he has a yeah because they're down so often but he has a career low in yards per completion at 9.4 yeah i mean we still have a couple mm. of games left in the season but that's sort of attributing to the factor as well i mean we said about this the injuries to offensive lines not giving brady enough time to find his receivers he can't survey the defense the way that he can so he kind of has to rush his decisions but just yeah Evans is the primary option in this passing offense, but just the way that this passing offense has looked, and this offense overall has looked, I just don't trike Mike Evans, especially as you're getting into the fantasy playoffs here. It's like, leave him on the bench because, yeah, he is very much a dud in fantasy leagues right now. You want to know the epitome of the Buccaneers season? And I, I legitimately laughed out loud when this happened, was when I, because I think it was Evans. Evans caught like a 70-yard touchdown against you guys. You could just tell he was so happy. He was like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. 
holding penalty, it was called back. And, like, you would literally just see, like, physically see how deflated it made him. And he was just like, I hate this. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I specifically remember that play. I was like, how the hell did he get this wide open? I was like, somebody blew a coverage. And then you see the yellow flag, and I was like, oh, thank the Lord. I thought it was roughing the passer. (laughs) I thought it was roughing the passer because you guys hit Brady. I'm like, okay, great. That still stands. And, oh, Brady lost his shit after that. Yeah. No, so I was like, thank the Lord we got bailed out on a holding call because, yeah, you see the replay. They absolutely blew the coverage on that play, and he was wide open. So it's just like, yeah. No, it's frustrating being a Bucks fan this season. It's frustrating being a Mike frust- Evans fantasy it's manager. Being, it's just, yeah, yeah it's rough. It's so. frustrating being Mike Evans. <laughs> exactly. So sit Mike Evans, especially with the playoffs coming around the corner right here. So, Tad, let's get to the tight end position. Do you guys start or sit for me this week? I got to start. I'm kind of cheating here. I'm telling you to start Greg Dolchich. Dolchich? How do you say it? Dolchich. Sitch. Dolchich? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, there we are. Uh, Yeah, by the way, we're doing testing this week, which means I work with students I don't normally work with. Woo! Those pronunciations have been rough so far. But anyway, uh, so if any students are listening, I really do apologize. I swear to God, it's not on purpose. But uh, Greg Dolchich? There you go. There we go. Do you know who the Denver Broncos are playing this week? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. So this is where the cheat comes in. From now on, I'm just picking the tight end that's playing the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that's fair. Arizona is just yeah. so terrible against well, tight ends. Here's where I'm so mad, though, because my Hunter Henry pick, while good, he put up 8.5 points, so not a terrible pick. God, that would have looked better if he could have just punched that in the end zone. Did you see that catch he had? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where he got tackled like the two-yard line. If he could have punched that in, he would have had, like, 14, I would look like a goddamn genius. But I'm telling you, the Cardinals suck against tight ends. I don't understand why. I don't even think Cliff Kingsbury understands why. But for whatever reason, they suck against tight ends. And I know what you guys are going to say. Well, we don't know if Russell Wilson's going to play. I don't really care, to be honest. Like, the Cardinals are so bad against tight ends that even if it is, this is going to be interesting, if Rippin starts. Yep, Brett Rippin. Mm-hmm. Let's go. The side guy's history. That is correct pronunciation on the first try right there. So even if Rippon plays, that actually almost increases my confidence in Dulcich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I picked this guy. There are way too many pronunciations in here. That's just I'm, I'm walking in a minefield here. But if Rippon plays, it just means that there is more uh, chance of a, a lesser experienced quarterback leaning on his security blanket. So I think that against a team with that is historically bad against tight ends, against a tight end that has been pretty consistently good since he's taken over as a starter, and a quarterback that will probably be leaning on him, I really, really like Dulcich as a kind of uh, under-the-radar start here. It's not a bad pick. I think we're seeing a lot more involvement of Greg Dulcich into the Broncos offense. So, I mean, yeah, especially playing against a weak defense in Arizona. They just lost Kyler Burley for the entire season. So, it's like you're possibly possibly going to see some stalls by the offense, which will lead to the defense being on the field a lot more. So, plenty of opportunities for the Denver offense to move down the field through the air with Greg Dulcich as well. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say that it's like, yeah, any team playing the Arizona Cardinals defense, it's like if you have that opportunity to start the tight end or pick up the tight end for the waiver wire, do it. Because, yeah, they're just so bad. I just don't understand, but they're very bad. so bad. I don't don't get it either because their defense isn't bad. Their defense as a whole is not bad. Yeah, it's true. They just really cannot defend tight ends. I really don't get it. It's true. It's true. Also, I know people are going to say, like, dude, this is like the fifth time you picked him. Yeah, it's because he's good. (laughs) 
It's true. It's true. The only reason we pick up games a lot is because nobody else is realizing that these players are good and they're available in a lot of leagues. And so it's like, yeah, there's a reason we pick it up. He's available in like 70% of leagues still. It's insane. Um, So I'm going to go with the team that's actually very good at defending the tight end. And I'm going to say sit Evan Ingram against the Dallas Cowboys. I love this. Evan Ingram had his career game last week. He set career marks in targets. He tied his career mark in receptions, career high in receiving yards, and career high in receiving touchdowns. Like, I mean, this was just the absolute best game of his career last week. It will be the best game. He's never going to top this. So I think just the biggest thing is just he's involved in this offense, but just when you're playing against Dallas now, it's like he's not going to replicate these numbers because Dallas is very stingy on the defensive side of the ball, especially defending the tight end. They're allowing the fewest points to opposing tight ends. So, I mean, they absolutely shut him down. Micah Parsons, Leighton Vanderish, they got a lot of great guys. Malik Hooker, former Colt, is very good at defending You had to throw that in there. I did. Of course I did. So I think Evan Ingram will be involved in the passing offense because there's going to be a situation where I think Jacksonville's going to be behind and they're going to have to air it out. But just I don't think he's going to be involved enough where it's going to warrant starting him. So it's like after such a career uh, career game last week, excuse me, I think he's going to follow it up with a bit of a dud against Dallas because Dallas is just very good on defense. They sort of need to make up, like I mean, hate to bring it up again, but they need to make up for that uh, almost loss to the Houston Texans last week. So, I mean, I think they're going to be on top of their game this week against Jacksonville for sure. So sit Evan Ingram. That's, I think, a safe play right there for sure. So, Tad, let's get to – oh, you got some points here on Evan Ingram? Well, no, I'm just going to say, like, this is typical – this is what happens a lot early on in the season of, like, typical fantasy trap of, like, oh, my God, this player blew up. Let me get him. And then all of a sudden he kind of levels out. Very rarely does this happen this late in the season, but that is what strikes me. I, Evan Ingram's not a bad pickup. No, definitely not. But I don't – if you're expecting, you know, 10-plus points from him moving forward, don't do that. And I think a lot of people are, and that is what's going – I'm not exaggerating here. I really think a lot of people are going to lose championships based off of Evan Ingram because they are thinking like, okay, this is what he's he is from now on. He is not Travis Kelsey. That was one good week. Very, very true. Um, so let's get to the kickers and defense, Tad. You got starts or sits for me for both the kicker and defense? I got two for, for you on defense. You ready for this? Okay, let's hear it. I'm telling you to sit the Bills and Dolphins defense. Most this. It's the easy pick. Don't. Yeah, I know the the head shake of like yeah, obviously. But uh, Amir, guess what the high is in Buffalo on Sunday? I know it's supposed to be like flurries of snow and stuff like that. So I'm gonna oh, say. Oh no, 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 no! I looked this up. I looked this up. There's a 70% chance of snow after two days of rain. Yeah. On Saturday. So Sunday's supposed to be cloudy, but the three days before that are like just peak Buffalo weather. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say like a high of like what? I don't know. 11. 32. So 32, okay. a little higher, but still pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah. But especially miserable for the Miami Dolphins who had heaters on their sidelines and 55 degree weather. Yeah. Yeah. They They're walking into that shit. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, I do not have a lot of confidence in the Dolphins right now. But I also don't have a lot of confidence in the Bills because the Dolphins, I, I don't know about you, Mer, I'm just kind of getting that feel. I, I know this isn't great analysis. I'm just getting that feel that they're getting kind of pissed that people are starting to doubt them now. Of like, oh, maybe Tua isn't that good, especially after that Chargers game. And like, oh, oh, maybe Tua isn't that good. Maybe this offense isn't so explosive. So I can see this game going one of two ways. I can see this game being 6-3. to three, I can see this game being 40-30. to 30. 
Either way, that does not line up well for fantasy defenses. So with the shitty weather, the both teams having explosive offenses that could go off at any time, I'm just staying 10 feet away from this game when it comes to fantasy defenses. And then when it comes to uh, kickers, I love this because I just I got lazy at the end. Uh, sit Cairo Santos, and here's my note. The Eagles have allowed the second least points to opposing kickers, and it's going to be cold. That's fair. It's in Chicago. Fair analysis. Fair analysis. Where, the, where, where, where the high is also 32, by the way. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the start at the defensive position. I'm going to say start the Denver Broncos against the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, the Broncos have oh, one of this the— is, Oh, you son of a bitch. It's, That's it's a little bit of an easy pick. But honestly, the Broncos have one of the better defenses in the NFL. It gets overshadowed because the Broncos' offense is so putrid. Like, I mean, it's just—you can't see how good this defense is. That's the reason that they've sort of been able to stay in games at times. But just because the offense is— just so, like I said, lackluster inability to move the ball down the field. I mean, just nowhere where we sort of expected this offense to be. Uh, but just, yeah, I like this defense a lot. They're playing the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. He's got for the rest of the season with an ACL injury. Cole McCoy has been okay in spurts, but I mean, in three games this season, he's only thrown for one touchdown. He's thrown two interceptions. And Tad, get this. He's taken 11 sacks in those three games. He does not have the pocket presence of Caliber to run. He doesn't have the mobility, and he's also fumbled twice, too. So, I mean, the Broncos' defense is an excellent start this week. We were talking about this before the season started, that the Cardinals' offensive line sucks. And we and that was one of the big surprises. We're like, wow, they actually look pretty good. No, it's just the fact that Kyler Murray looks good because he's running 60 yards on a 10-yard pass. But, um... No, honestly, like you said, I think uh, honestly, I'm I'm racking my brain here. I don't think there's been a time where I've looked at a player acting or like seeming like a bad teammate more. Where I'm like, honestly, I get it more than whoever that uh, Denver defensive tackle was that went up and yelled at Russ. I'm like, yep, no, that's fair. Mike Purcell. Mike Purcell. Yeah. yeah, No, I was like, that's totally fair. I totally understand it. I'm with you, buddy. Like, I would have done the exact same thing. Because you're right. They are so good. There's some crazy stat out there that the Broncos score, like, 20, 30 more points, they'd be one of the best teams in yeah, the league. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It's like if they scored, like, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's like 10 more points per game. It, it, well, at the like time, it was 10 more, like that, but that was like, yeah, five weeks ago. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just like, no, this Broncos defense is good. And we also said that all offseason. This Broncos defense is good. If Russ was good, this like, – uh, just, God, Denver. Ugh. Good Lord. But yes, no, Denver is an excellent, excellent start there. I love this start. It's going to be a very interesting offseason for what Denver is going to do. I'm hearing so many things about Nathaniel Hackett being fired. They want oh, to find a guy who be. can work with Russ a little bit better. It's just like, Good yeah, luck it's, with that. it's going to be so interesting. So interesting. But I'm going to move on to the kicker position. I, I saw real quick, real quick. I saw someone on Twitter be like, Russ should do the good thing and just void his contract. Like, what world are you living <laughs> in, dude? Yeah, no way. I'm going to get to the kicker position here. I got to sit. It's Chris Boswell, kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is the Carolina Panthers. So Boswell scored one point. Last week against the Baltimore This dude has sucked all season. He's been hurt majority of the season, so that's part of it. But just I think the bigger thing is just this – the question marks surrounding at the quarterback position with whether Kenny Pickett's going to start. If it's not Kenny Pickett, is it going to be Mitchell Trubisky, who had a terrible outing last week against the Baltimore Ravens? Just Charles Charles Barkley, terrible. Charles Barkley, terrible. You also shout, got – Shout possibly... out to my friend Matt who was like, is it petty that I'm loving this? I was like, yes. 
<laughs> and it's also a possibility that we may say Mason Rudolph as well, but just either way. Oh, God. He's still with the Steelers? Yeah. So either way, just oh, this offense Jesus. is not going to be in a good shape to move the ball down the field to give scoring opportunities for Chris Boswell. So it's just, yeah, he's been hurt too. So it's just like I'm not trusting Boswell, even though it's a good matchup with Carolina, who, you know, they're still struggling too. It's just like, yeah, I don't trust the Steelers' offense enough to warrant putting Chris Boswell as a starter this week. But that will wrap up our starts and sits here for week 15. Like I said, it's a crucial week, whether it's the week before the playoffs or you're already in the playoffs. So these are important moves that you need to make as you sort of march towards your fantasy title, whether it's to win your first round or to even get into the playoffs. Make sure you interact with us. We'd love to help you out as the season goes along here to help you with all of your start sit decisions here in the fantasy playoffs. Okay, so let's get into our week 15 sports bets. Um, do we, do we have to? <laughs> it's definitely been a rough season it's for been betting. So it's been rough season for betting for sure. Um, we'll get you guys our overall records probably closer to the no, end of the season. No, we will not. No, no we will. That, that we will. is your idea, not mine. No, we're gonna do it at the end of the season because you know I could do the math myself. I don't even need your help. Like I have all the God graphics. Damn it. So. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's been a really interesting season for betting. Like, I mean, it's just it, there's interesting lines every week, and you think a team's going to win. It's just like the season has been very – Every weird. time I'm confident in a team, they lose. It's just the worst. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, like I said, we'll probably get you our overall records once we're close to the end of the season, but we want to give you our sports bet picks for this week. Tad, who do you like for your spread pick this week? Okay, so for my spread pick, I like the Cincinnati Bengals against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are minus three and a half favorites at minus 108 odds. Now, I think that this is the perfect opportunity to bet on them because I think this spread would be a lot higher if they were on the uh, if they were at home. So an on the road team, I think that Cincinnati, the, they are absolutely going to obliterate. Tampa Bay. And I really do believe that because not only are they hot, they are writing four to five straight wins. I don't have it pulled up right now. I meant to write this down, but they are writing multiple straight wins. And on top of that, this is a revenge game for them. I think they're going to be pissed. They're going to want to show that we should have won that Super Bowl. If we had Joe Mixon in on that final drive, we would have won that and they should have won that. So not only is it a hot team against a struggling team, it is a revenge game, so you have that motion factor in there as well. So I really, really like the fact that Cincinnati is going to ride in here almost full, fully healthy and because uh, T. Higgins has said that while that injury was surprising, he is feeling good. So Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, I think the receiving core is going to be really healthy heading into this game. I like Cincinnati heading into this game to win by, get this, my spread, my personal spread, Minus seven. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm fine oh, with everything on. that you Give said. Me a bigger reaction. Than no, that. well, like I said, I'm going to get to my reasoning here. It's just like I'm fine with everything that you said, but how is this a revenge game? Because they lost this uh, Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. No, they didn't. Who did they play in the Super Bowl? Oh, it was the Chiefs, wasn't it? Damn it. It was in Tampa Bay, wasn't it? They didn't lose to the Chiefs either. Lost to the Rams, you idiot. Fuck. <laughs> I was so nervous writing that note, too. I was like, I think so. For clarification's sake, it was about 8.45 when I wrote that note. But anyway. <laughs> okay. How about – all right. How about this? Ready? Okay. What is it? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm This is great podcasting right here. 
Joe Burrow wants to prove that he is the new king of quarterbacks in the NFL, and this is his chance to prove it. He is going to take down the GOAT, Tom Brady, to prove that he is now the best quarterback in the league, and this is his chance to take down and finally put a knife, metaphorically of course, in the throat of Tom Brady and prove that he is no longer the GOAT in the league, is now Joe Burrow, the best quarterback in the league. This is his chance to prove it, and he is going to take full opportunity of it. Is it saying a plus diversion? <laughs> give me, give me credit for that. Is it saying much when Tom Brady lost thirty-five to seven to Brock Purdy last week? And it's like I don't know if it's the same factor for Joe Burrow to say I claimed a victory over the goat this season. Like it, it, it it's a little hollow. So your reasoning still doesn't stand. You shut up with your logic. <laughs> but I do like Cincinnati this game. I think they're too good. God damn it. What was sure. a. Is Kansas City. I thought, okay, that's where the mix up was. I got Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and then uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati mixed up. That's where it happened. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Joe Burrow's the goat. <laughs> So I do like Cincinnati in this game. I think, yeah, it's touchdown spread does make sense to me. I think they're going to control this game. So, yeah, it's not going to be an issue at all. So I like this pick. This is what happens when I rush notes. <laughs> so I'm going to get to my spread pick here. And I got the Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. And I'm picking Atlanta at plus four or Whoa. plus 175 on the You are line. a big Desmond uh, Ritter believer here. This is twice now you're riding with him. It's, it's true. I think just honestly just the last – I think it's more of also just the factor of these two teams meeting each other. Because the last time these two teams met, the score was decided by one point. Granted, it was all the way back in week one. And things have definitely changed since then. But just also look at this back here, Tad. In four of the Falcons' last six games, the final score was decided by three points or fewer, and one of those games was decided by six points or fewer. So, I mean, they're playing a lot of these games closer, so I think it's just going to be a very close game. So it's like, even if they lose the game, I think they can keep it within that four-point spread. Both teams have not been winning. They've both lost four of their last five games. Yes, Atlanta's making the switch to Desmond Ritter. I think that can jumpstart the offense a little bit. You got your rookies with Drake London and Desmond Ritter, Tyler Algier in the backfield it's like you're going with this youth movement maybe this is all going to spark things that they all came in together and they're all going to like lead this offense for the rest of the season and see what's happening next year and while the Saints defense is good I think just they're once again very similar to Denver where it's like their defense can be good but their offense is so inconsistent that it's leading to the defense to get fatigued and that's going to allow some plays to happen. I think that's going to allow this Atlanta offense to sort of do a little bit more things that they want to either come away with the victory or like I said at least keep it close. So it's a divisional game in such a terrible NFC South. Everybody's still alive in that division to win it. So I Tampa think Bay is in the lead in that division. I know. I know. But even that, because they lost last week, and I don't know what's going to happen this week against Cincinnati, most likely they're going to lose. So it's just like this is just throwing so many things up in the air. Who's going to win the division? Who knows? But, yeah, both teams are still alive, so I expect it to be very close. But, yeah, I like Atlanta plus four in this game. See, it's like you always say, I don't trust divisional matchups with betting in particular. I especially do not trust divisional matchups when it comes to the NFC South. This division is so weird. Every year, this division weirdly plays each other so close that I'm just out. I'm out completely on this division, especially, as you said, they are, like, sure, they're in the running. And for our listening audience, I put that in quotation marks because – 
yes, they are in the running. These are two shit teams. Let's be real. So I don't like anyone in this game. I don't trust anyone in this game. I'm leaving this absolutely alone because it's just, it is far too risky. I don't know what's going to happen. You can go, Tad, take a pick. Like if, if this was a pick em segment and said, and we got to this game and you were like, all right, Tad, who do you think is going to win? I would just say I'm out. Like, I'm out. I don't know who's going to win this game. NFC South is unpredictable. They're always going to be unpredictable. And goddammit, the Carolina Panthers are probably going to win this division. So you're actually going to get to my bonus stack here that I want to throw out here with the NFC South before we move on to our money line picks here. So, fun fact. If the Carolina Panthers win out, they win the NFC South. Oh, <laughs> They oh, need to oh, win oh, out. Oh. But right, they you, will you keep talking. I'm going to look NFC up through the schedule. Yeah. It, it's crazy to think just like how bad this defense is and I'm uh, sorry, how bad this team is and how bad this division is. And it's just like, yeah, if they went out, they will win the NFC South. So this is after they cut Baker Mayfield, by the way, like this has been an absolutely insane cut and by their head coach, Christian McCaffrey. Like, I mean, there's so many. Oh, things I forgot they did, about right? the McCaffrey so... trade. All right, let's look. So they are at home against the Steelers. That could be a win. At home against the Lions, it's going to be tough, but they could do it. And then at the Buccaneers, and then at the Saints. They could do it. It's going to be tough, but they could do it. They could it. do it. I'm saying it's very possible. Oh, my God. Are we about to see Sam Darnold in the playoffs? <laughs> it's very, very possible. But Tad, Football let's... is such a, <laughs> such a stupid sport. Let's keep things moving here, Tad. Let's get to our money line picks here. So who do you like on the money line bet? I mean, speaking of stupid sports, let's talk about two very stupid teams. Because, okay, this is what drives me nuts about football, right? Is if you watch the AFC East, there are two very good teams in there. They're the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Very good teams. No one can dispute that. Maybe the Miami Dolphins are a little inconsistent. God knows the Buffalo Bills are inconsistent. Who is a better team between the Patriots and the Jets? Surprisingly, I you probably need say to the think Jets. about this. I probably say Jets. Yes, exactly. Exactly is the Jets. If the season ended right now, the Patriots would make the playoffs. That is ridiculous. The Patriots are not a good team. They throw like 30 screen passes a game. The Patriots are such a frustrating. It's you know who they remind me of. I know this is a reference. A lot of people will not understand, but those who will will absolutely relate to. It reminds me of 2017 TCU. Where it's just screen pass, screen pass, screen pass. Why isn't this working? Because you're not throwing the ball down the field. Yet the Patriots are going to beat the page, uh, are going to beat the Jets when it comes to a playoff tiebreaker. So the Patriots are a stupid team. No else is an even stupider team than the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Raiders I don't understand. Raiders I don't are super stupid. Give, oh my God, I don't understand how this is possible. So to give people a little bit, uh, a little bit of background, we were having a discussion in the LAFB Network uh, uh, Slack, and our uh, very own writer Alfred Rowe said, uh, "Well, Sean McVay's overrated," which he had to know that was going to set off the chat, and uh, he goes, "Well, you know, the Baker Mayfield drive was overrated because the." Raiders didn't know what they were going to do with them. I go, the Raiders don't know what anyone's going to do. Like, they're just idiots. And Josh McDaniel has just absolutely torched any future chance that of, like, it's not even one of those things where, okay, you get fired and then you go off to, like, Stanford or something. <clears throat> Jason Garrett. But, uh, well, actually, they didn't hire Jason Garrett, did no, they? They, they hired, hired somebody else. else. 
Well, they were, but anyway. He was a, he was they, a leading like, candidate, he, yes, but yeah. He was, he was. But he's not – Josh McDaniels isn't going to even be in the running for that because the Raiders are also stupid. They are finding ways to lose games as well. So the Raiders – and this just proves my point. Guess how much the uh, Patriots are favored by uh, over the Raiders. I think it's one and weekend. a half right now, right? It's a pick em. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, even Vegas is like, fuck if I know. <laughs> like, they just – they don't know. So, I think Belichick, though, is smarter than McDaniels. He's familiar with McDaniels. And once again, the Raiders keep finding ways to lose games. I know you guys are like, hey, the Raiders are on a hot streak. What are you talking about, Tad? Every single one of those games has been close. They have not been like, oh, like this is a dominant team. They found their stride now. No, no, no. I think the Raiders, ironically, their luck has now turned to, like, they're just getting lucky. So I actually think that the Patriots are going to beat the Raiders. I'm not sure by how much. This could be a one-point game for all I know. So this is why I went with them for money line over a spread. Because I, I, it would not shock me if the Patriots played a close game. But I do think that eventually the uh, smartness of the coach will win over. So I think Belichick is just going to take advantage of his former protege here and beat the Raiders. That's fair. Yeah, the Raiders just find a way to lose, and so it's very much something that's going to happen against the Raiders. There's no too. better way to put it. I know we've said this like three times now, but finding a way to lose, that is exactly what the Raiders have been doing all season. Sure. They should be in the playoff hunt right now. Like, I know Raiders fans right now are like, we are in the playoff hunt. You're not in the playoff hunt. Yes, you're still alive. You're not in the playoff hunt. But they should be at least in the running for like the three or four seed right now. And they're not, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'd be three or four seed because that would mean there'd be division contenders, but Kansas City's so strong, but yeah, they definitely should be at five, six or seven, as opposed to be on the outside looking in sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, they just, like I said, they find a way to lose. I don't understand how they do it every time, but just, they do. It's honestly magical. I love it. It's surprising. It. It's it's like, honestly, the Raiders are up by 10. And you're just grabbing the pot. It's the Michael Jackson gift where you're just like, ah, oh, this is going to be good. Exactly. Where it's just like, I watched this game and I was like, huh, the Raiders are ahead by a lot. How are they going to screw this up this time? Yeah. And then you watch them fall apart. You're Jeff just Jacobs like, fumbled, Derek Carr interception. Like, you know like, going to happen. Just, I just see, that's a more fun bet to place. How are they going to blow this? <laughs> exactly. So I feel sorry for Raiders fans, but at some point I also don't oh, I feel don't. sorry for you either. I don't. Just like, it's on. so much fun. Come on. You live in Vegas. You're fine. <laughs> I'm going to get to my buddy line pick here. This should be a very interesting game, Tad. I got the Detroit Lions versus the New York Jets. So I got Detroit at plus 105 or at the spread pick plus 1.5. So Detroit is dialed in on offense right now. I think they have the fifth most points per game. Um, their defense is doing just enough, too. Like, I mean, their defense is not great, but they're doing just enough to obviously stack these wins because they've won five of their last six games, and they lost to Buffalo on Thanksgiving by only three points. So that's the one loss that they've had in these past six games. The Jets have been very good as well on defense, and they've been running the ball effectively. If Mike White is healthy, I mean, he brings another uh, dimension to his offense, surprisingly, over Zach Wilson because he's willing to air out the ball, and Detroit has a terrible, terrible passing defense. Lions are allowing the third most pass passing yards in the NFL and are tied for fifth in allowing the most passing touchdowns as well. The really big thing is that if Detroit can rely on running the ball against New York, because New York has a really good passing defense, but a sort of middle of the road rushing defense, I think Detroit can come away with the victory here. Also, if they can limit the running attack by the New York Jets. So running the ball on both sides of the ball. So it's like stopping the run and establishing the run. If Detroit can do that, I think they can come away with the victory here. Um, 
White is a benefit to the offense, but I think if Detroit can get one good hit on him, like, you know, they just bring him down, unfortunately. He, he was folded like a lawn chair last weekend. Yeah, so I mean. Not, by the way, that is not an exaggeration. Actually, go back and look at the Mike White hit. He was literally folded like a lawn chair. So if Aiden Hutchinson can get to him or anybody else on deep, uh, the Detroit defense can get to him, I think a possibly a big hit could sort of sideline him, and that'll just swing all the momentum in Detroit's favor. So I like this improving Detroit defense. The New York Jets, you know, depending on how Mike White looks, I think they're going to be a little bit shaky. This game is going to be a lot closer than people think, but I like Detroit's offense to sort of pull it out at the very end and come away with the victory here. So, yeah, I like Detroit riding this hot streak against the New York Jets. It's also worth looking at the Jets' uh, past four games. So loss against the Patriots, win against the Bears, loss against the Vikings, loss against the Bills. So yes, while they are competitive, I and this is why I think it's it's nice to be a Jets fan because at least you are competitive for the first time in a couple of years. This is where it's a little frustrating because you're close, but you're not quite there. You're you're a quarterback away, which is I know I'm making that sound like oh just a quarterback. Well that's that's fine. We can just find one of those. Well. Yes, that's going to be tough to find, but I, it's it's one of those things where I just don't quite trust the Jets anymore. Uh, Mike White is good, but like you said, like I just how many drives did that guy miss? He missed like three or four drives. I can't imagine how much shit they must have injected into him in that blue tent. Like they just like I think I made the same joke uh, in our last episode. Like it's the Red Dead thing where it's just like just you know feed him this like the miracle tonic and he'll be good and just for a bit. Like how long will he be good? Eh, for a drive. Okay, throw him out there. And it's just like he I'm not sure how well he's gonna last. Yes, Aiden Hutchinson's doing well. I actually feel kind of bad for Aiden Hutchinson because if Sauce Gardner wasn't playing so well, he would be a lock. For defensive rookie of the year, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think the Jets are just too untrustworthy here. I like the Lions here, I do. Well, there you go. Your dad should be happy then if they pull out the victory. <laughs> well, he's he's not happy with me right now. We're having Michigan TCU standoff. Ah, uh, there, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that will resolve itself once they kick our ass. But no, I'm just kidding. We're gonna win. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Amar, guess how much those tickets cost me? A couple hundred at least. A couple hundred, yeah. So take your guess. Uh, I'm gonna say 450. Oh, you're close actually. 500. 500. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, got, a got, bit. got got a little Christmas bonus today actually from work. That was that was very clutch. Very good. Very good. And and speaking, going back to our bets by the way, you know who's not clutch? Joe Flacco. My God. <laughs> That dude looked lazy as shit last Sunday. He looked at it like it's cold. I don't want to be out here, and then he fumbled. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So, so yeah, if Mike White goes down, the Jets are screwed. So those are our sports bet picks here for Week 15. We got the money line picks, we got the spread picks. In case you missed it, we definitely are going to cover this all on our social media handles. So I mean, yeah, I mean the best way you can sort of interact with us and you know talk with us as the fantasy playoffs are going on, figure out your sports bets, your waiver red decisions, your start sits, everything like that, is interact with us on our social media handles. So, you know, we got our Twitter handles, you got my personal handle, I'm the side 23, you got Tad's a Tad the side 94, you got the show handle the decide guys, and we're on Instagram at the decide guys as well. So talk. Talk to us. We want to help you out as you're making the march towards a fantasy title in your respective leagues. And if you want to make some money right around the Christmas holiday season here, we definitely want to help you out with some sports bet picks as well. Um, I want to make some money. 
<laughs> Biggest thing also is, yeah, subscribe to the podcast because, I mean, we appreciate all the support. But, yeah, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LAFB Network website as well. Hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with everything that's happening with the Side Guys Football Forum podcast. We're also on YouTube as well. So subscribe to the LAFB Network's YouTube channel where we have our own individual playlists along with a lot of great content from the LAFB folks here covering the LA, uh, LA sports teams from both the professional level as well as the college level we got a lot of great content on there but just yeah subscribe to that channel so you can always be up to date with all of our youtube content as well we got a lot of great articles on the website in case we do miss a youtube episode or a podcast episode so i mean we got you covered there as well but guys to everybody who's interacting with us who's listening to the uh, podcast who's watching the videos um to anything and everything guys we really just can't thank you enough and as Amir said, thank you so much for tuning in. And I am very excited to not announce anything specific, but just say as we approach near towards the end of the season, our recording schedule will change. We have some new, very exciting stuff coming out, off-season topics, free agency uh, previews. Amir, Amir, you know what I'm about to say? <laughs> yeah, get to it. We have draft stuff coming up. So – if you are not a big fantasy football fan, you're like, okay, I've been sticking out with you guys for the season. Let's do something different. We are about to do some things a little differently. So be sure to keep with us after Christmas. We're going to take a little bit of a Christmas break, as you are as well. But after Christmas, we're going to come back. We are going to do some more new exciting things. So be sure to keep tuning in for some of those exciting things. And if you want us to talk about things, like Amir said, hit us up on any of the handles he said we are very open to ideas. Honestly, we kind of welcome it because we're kind of running out ourselves. So be sure to check it out. And as always, guys, thank you so, so much for listening. And please, as always, stay safe.